0: okay okay yes 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 Okay. Oh, wait are we starting already? I haven't looked what I look like you look I don't like my hair adequate well, yeah that's what, that's what I was thinking okay sorry now I'm ready Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm Tia. And this is the journey to transformation. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's been ages. It's been <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it feels this it has been ages, right?
1: It's been a really long time just the two of us talking.
0: Yeah. And that's when I like accumulate loads of things I need to say.
1: Yeah, the annoying thing is that I have a really big thing to tell you, what? And I've not been able to tell you for like a week.
0: For a week. <laughs> <It's> really annoying. <laughs> that's a long time. I know. Are you ready? Yeah, so I get to hear about it now.
1: I mean unless you want me to wait wake- <laughs> <laughs> Wait another week. I'm not quite ready. No, go for it. Okay. I was the victim of unwanted humanitarian intervention.
0: Oh God. that is so funny so
1: i was in the van minding my own business parked in front of my flat okay and i was in here just tidying things up i was watching something on netflix whatever and there was a bang on the side of the van and i was like someone is gonna die
0: someone banged on the side of the van how did they know you were in there I don't know. Maybe they didn't. That kind of thing freaks me out. Going around banging outside of vans anyway. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so I whip the side door open to like murder people. And I don't see anybody. I see like a woman kind of walking away, but she didn't seem to be part of it. And then in the street, I see somebody else, like a man who's looking over his shoulder. Okay. And I was like, was that you? He's like, yeah, I just, I was just checking And I was like, checking what? And he was like, oh, well, I was just like, I could hear noises in the van and I just wasn't sure what it was. And I was like, but why? He's like, well, I don't know. Like, Like, what are you doing here? Mm. Vanning while brown. That's what that was. What? He was like, do you live around here? And I was like, uh, I live right there, which is hilarious because I was parked in front of my flat. And so he's like, oh, well, I just wanted to like see, see if you're OK. Like, do you need any food or water?
0: What the <laughs> hell? That's <laughs> it. The intention behind that seemed to flicker yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So I went, come here.
1: And he was like, no, no, no. I mean, I just wanted to see if you were OK. And I was like, no, no. Come here. And I brought him to the van, whipped the door open, and I said, Does it look like I need your food and water? If you're not watching this, the van has like a shower and a toilet and a stove and an oven and a projector and, and, a, and, fridge an, and a fridge full of food and a pantry and a garage and a fucking Xbox. I don't know what he thought. He was like, Oh, but, uh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, uh. And I was like, Yeah, no, let's, let's do this. And I was like, So what was the point of that? And he was like, Well, I just, just I wanted to see if you're okay and I was like but why like what drew you to this and he's like I don't understand why you're being this way and I was like
0: oh my god!"
1: and I was like what were you looking for what were you trying he was like well I just didn't un- I didn't know it's just like a van that's like out of nowhere and I was like okay yeah, but, but people this- have
0: vans everywhere in the UK what the hell and it's a street <laughs> people can park vans anywhere what's <laughs> it to do with anybody exactly so he just kept going at that and I
1: was like but why but why and I just kept asking him over and over again, why? And he's like, well, because I didn't know what was inside and I just thought something was happening inside. And but I was what's
0: like, it to do with you? why? Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I just
1: kept going like that. And I was like, yeah, so basically what you're saying is you banged on the side of my van. Mm-hmm. Then you wanted to offer me food and
0: water because you thought that I needed help. There's something really off on that switch, right? Yeah. You can imagine he kind of had a bit of an oh shit moment, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like, just feed on water. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like... So then uh,
1: I was like, okay, well, is there anything else I can help you with? And he was like, I just, I don't understand why you're being this way. And I, he was like, oh, never mind. And why just you like, what? What, what way? <laughs> Annoyed that some random white boy is banging on my property, offering mm. me food and water. As like some sort of pretext to be like, why is there a brown person parked on this street? Yeah. In a like relatively affluent area. I'm like, golf.
0: Yeah. Literally it's just none of his business. Yep. Like absolutely none. So now the audacity. The audacity. Just, does this person live on that street? Yes. Don't tell me they're your neighbour.
1: <laughs> they are my neighbor
0: no but my across
1: the street neighbor like <gasps> right across the street oh my god is this so like now i hang out the window <laughs> staring at them
0: i was gonna say it's like I- i'm opening my <laughs> curtains and i can see right into your lounge scenario
1: i've been trying to watch the people in the flats across to see if i can see him because i want to make like this white boy is my project that for the so rest of his life
0: funny he's got like a surveillance project yes you know what, i know someone who can help you with that <laughs> I know you know you (laughs) (laughs)
1: So just trying to watch what was going on and like who was in their windows in the evening and who was around. (laughs) And I was like, is that him? But the problem is like, this is a building full of generic looking white boys. So I'm kind of getting them all confused. (laughs) (laughs) But then today one popped out and I was like, that's it. Because he kept looking at the van and he was like being really hyper vigilant and kind of walking in an awkward way around it while looking at it. And I was like, now I see you. Oh. Oh my gosh. So this is. I'm really excited because <laughs> you know what I love? Revenge projects.
0: <laughs> I mean, it sounds like he's already feeling very awkward. Yeah. I'm not the one. I'm just not the one. He just totally one. picked the wrong person. <laughs> okay, I just cannot believe that somebody thinks it's okay to bang on the side of a van. Like, I don't know, you know, unless, like, okay, scenario, unless there's, like, a screaming child inside, maybe, or there's, like, really something. But, you know, from what I know about you and this van, I don't know what that would be.
1: It definitely wasn't a screaming child. It exactly. Def- no, okay, so there was one incident where I was watching like a horror film or something like that. And the police did come and knock on the van. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, they're screaming, somebody was worried. We just wanted to check. And I opened the van door quite wide and they could see inside and they're like, oh this is cool. And like we just had a whole chatting about that. Yeah. This was not that. There was no horror movie. Horror movie sounds. There were no sounds of screaming. There was nothing. <laughs> he clearly had seen this new van on on the street. Fine. Like, it's fine to notice that. The problem is, is everything that he did, if he just tweaked it a little bit, would be completely fine. Mm. If you're worried, don't bang on the side of a vehicle and then skedaddle off. Yeah, like, that's
0: crazy. If you're
1: actually worried that something's happening,
0: knock on the door and wait. Yeah, knock on the door, wait, or... Leave a note. Yeah, or just, say like, call someone else, or I don't know, yeah. like...
1: Yeah, or ju- just, like, leave a note, or wait until you see me or somebody interacting. Like, I'm always in and out of the flat, moving shit back and forth into this van. Like, clearly what it was is this white boy trying to, like, assert his dominance on a public fucking street, for which I pay a stupid amount of money in, like, residential parking permits. <laughs> there was a thing he didn't know that was around and thought he was gonna, like, you know, be fucking hard
0: what was he expecting to happen you know someone to come out and to say what I don't understand like where he was going to go with that yeah like you're going to say this is my street what are you doing on my street is kind of what he said yeah
1: I'm like I've owned this flat for a long fucking time (laughs) dude you're a renter I can tell because I've never seen your fucking face before. And you're literally nine years old. (laughs) Fuck right off. (laughs) So, yeah, that was a funny thing that happened last week. So now I've just been like hanging out the window and I'm really upset because I can't evolve this project because we're going to be traveling
0: when you come back there could be like some development so or...
1: yeah i'm really hoping that he doesn't do something drastic like get on board with like movember and like grow a really big beard because <laughs> then i'm not really going to be able to distinguish all these white boys part
0: <laughs> but you know what will probably happen is he will not have seen you around and he'll be like oh maybe she's gone or like maybe the van's just there and like she's gone wherever and he'll be like okay, great. And he'll get that kind of like confidence coming back yeah. and then you'll just like rock back in and he'll be like, ah, shit. Do you know what I think I'm going to do while
1: we're away? Cause we're out of the country. So the van is staying in front of so flat. I might just park it right in front of their
0: door. <laughs> God, Every day he's going to open the door and be like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh my god neighborhood that's what i might what that's what i might do
0: yeah that sounds
1: like a plan i'm trying to think if there are other things i can do because i do have the blink cameras on the van it's motion activated so while we're away i can see what's happening and i can talk through that thing Eh,
0: oh my god that's wild so you can be like hey you yeah you can literally talk from like that far away yeah from countries away yeah that's actually wild. I think that's what I'm going to do. What are you going to say? Whatever I fucking want, it's
1: going to be great. <laughs> Don't be a fucking idiot fucking white boy in my space, because you will be a project.
0: I can't believe he was like, do you need some food and water? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are, what we- are you thinking? <laughs> Like, basically, that you've just rocked up to live here, or you're like, you've moved into the back of a white van because you can't live anywhere else right now. But even if it's so many assumptions, even if that's the case,
1: like, I'm not going to say shit about people who like transition, who are houseless. Times are fucking tough. I Mm. get it. Yeah. I'm in a very privileged position to be able to have a flat and to have a van. It's the fucking racism of low expectations. Mm. I see this brown woman and I assume that this vehicle means she's, I'm going to like white savior her. Like it was just, he was just fucking dripping. And then the fact that he didn't understand and he's like, I don't understand why you're being this way. Yeah. Like people generally hire me to help them understand why they're doing that. I'm not going to give you this for free. Yeah. Like, 100%. If you, if you want, let me know, come and pitch to me, pay me. And then I'll explain to you. <laughs> why this is like white superiority racist bullshit yeah but only if you pay me
0: (laughs) but also like we've talked about this in past episodes like the effort that you have to put in to do that you know this guy's a dick it's going over his head the amount of time that you're gonna have to spend to get him to any level of understanding feels like a lot on your part that's too much to
1: do revenge project i can do that (laughs) because that's fun that I derive joy from. He
0: deserves it. He deserves it. <laughs> but he was with someone else, you said.
1: I don't know if they were together. Okay. Or if she was like, he's doing his own thing. I'm not part of him. Because she went into the same building. Oh, right. Okay. They could be partnered. Mm. It could just be an accident that... They were both kind of walking in the same direction. Mm. Maybe he was trying to like get his little dick out in front of her and show how hard he was by banging <laughs> on the side of a van. Like, I don't know. Cause it was like 10.30 at night as well. Like, hey, fuck off.
0: That's scary. Fuck off. That is really scary.
1: Scary for him. He doesn't know what's in here.
0: Yeah, but for <laughs> everyone, just don't interfere with other people's stuff at 10.30 at night.
1: Don't interfere with anyone. Yeah. But now he's interfered with me. So I feel very justified in interfering with him. Literally forever. Don't. Don't let me get your national insurance number because you're mine.
0: Oh, he tightly chose the wrong person. I'm having you. Wrong man. Yeah. Wrong person. He
1: doesn't realize how long I'll hold a grudge for. I just
0: wish I could have seen him being like, why are you being like this? <laughs> <laughs> but, because that's just the kind of phrase that would rattle you. Like yeah. I can feel that, why are you being like this? Like <laughs> your cogs turning and yeah. being like, right, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: I didn't tell you my favorite part. So he kept doing this thing where he was like reaching out, like, trying to t- like he was, was to touchy? he was like you know when you're like trying to explain something i could feel his whole soul melting and he was trying to explain so you know when like <laughs> i felt a sense of desperation your voice gets really high and you're <laughs> like trying to like claw it back he was yeah. trying to extend his hand <clears throat> and so i just kept looking at his hand cuz it kept coming It was like he was extending it towards me. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. What what are you looking for? Like, do not put your hands on me. Because with over 25 years of mixed martial arts experience, I'll break that off. I'll fucking stick it in this oven. I'll fucking feed it to you.
0: Again, wrong person. Wrong person.
1: So then he goes, look, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to be a dick. And I was like, I think that's an issue of perspective. He was like, oh. (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh my really god upset. that's amazing i was you like totally-
1: no i don't care what you're trying to do banging on my property means you are being a dick you're trying to course correct clumsily and you're upset because like this brown goddess saw through (laughs) your shit like that's what you're upset about
0: this is just like the scenario banging on the door all the way down to it's just my perception it's just like amazing (laughs) it's the kind of thing that I kind of wish I could see happen or like happen around me so I can see and have the ability to clap back or to say stuff you know yeah. in my head this sounds like a crazy thing to say because no one ever wants this kind of racism to happen and I'm not saying that I want that for anybody <laughs> anywhere so you know but there is a degree of like understanding those scenarios how they play out how people receive you the van and how it can be just on your street or in the shop or wherever we've talked about this before when these scenarios and racisms come through it's like okay how does it play out and people's just complete. Blindness to yep. it is especially for you, I imagine just it takes it takes you back it's kind of like you know whatever in the world were you thinking Well,
1: I blame this podcast to be honest and you
0: Oh. La. And
1: our guests, because I have these conversations breaking shit like this down on a really fundamental level of how Mm. to be better. I was like very surprised that this had happened and very surprised that there are people in the world who like wander around with this kind of like ignorance.
0: Yeah. But
1: I shouldn't be like, that's the whole reason why in part we have this podcast. But because I'm talking to you and I'm like, cool, like let's problem solve and like, let's find the joy in like combating racism. Yeah. I had rose colored glasses on. So I was like, doubly taken back because I was like no I know this exists but I've been like in this bubble of problem solving Yeah,
0: but, yeah I mean that is a bit of a danger isn't it that mm. you go so far on a road to attunement that like you know you stumble across people at the other end and and then I sort of like lose the ability to know how to interact <laughs> 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 thus is also the spectrum of life right in people's experiences and what they've been uh, exposed to? Exposed to. Yeah. yeah Sorry, I yeah. can't find the word.
1: I just feel like it's 2022. Like, come on. Your algorithms are really fucked up if you can't work this out
0: on your own. But what if you just have white friends and you read the Daily Mail and you mm-hmm. voted for Brexit and you think Liz Truss is amazing? <laughs> There's a spectrum of people across that, by the
1: way. <laughs> Not- I know. I, it's also just weird for like a young person. Like he was a younger man.
0: For some reason in my head, I had an older man. He was a young white boy. Oh. He was probably in his like
1: mid-twenties. <laughs> just trying to process
0: that. But Somebody
1: literally 15 years my junior. Yeah. A fetus, a fetus was trying to get wild with me on my own street.
0: Yeah, that's very in arrogant. In front of my home. That feels very arrogant. Crazy. But then again, like maybe also he hasn't read any books about racism. Do you know what I'm going to do?
1: <laughs> I'm going to put a QR code for this episode and just stick it on under all the doors in that lens that's a really funny idea <laughs>
0: that's a really good idea <laughs>
1: are you a white boy who likes banging on vans listen well. to this episode
0: <laughs> dumbass yeah going out to all our listeners but also the there's a fucking
1: QR code on the side of the van yeah that's like, true like if you're wondering what it's about
0: give that thing a little scan that is so true download some episodes it's also a nice van with nice windows yeah <laughs> I don't know. This ship was not fucking cheap. Like. like it doesn't, you know, <laughs> I also don't want to be stereotypical, but it is not like a, you know, a van with no windows that's like a transit kind of van or yeah. something or that's taking parcels or, you know, yeah, anything. Wow. Okay. My people are crazy. <sighs> sure. Indeed. Okay. Well, that is a really uh, interesting experience. Yes. Hard and <laughs> <laughs> fucking fucked up.
1: But... I mean, the thing that's hard for me is that Because of my personality, I will like stew on this thing for a long time. Mm. And then it creates this like feeling, which like all brown people know. I mean, a lot of people know about this as well. Like women know it well. I start becoming like hyper vigilant, like conscious of his presence. Because I'm me and because I get annoyed about things like this very easily. That's where it converts into these like hard revenge feelings. Because I'm like, (laughs) I don't want you to take up real estate in my mind. But you do now. So now you're there, I'm gonna...
0: Make it worthwhile. <laughs> make it make it worth my <laughs> while. Oh, hundred percent.
1: But it's just it's so fucking frustrating. It's so frustrating. I mean, if I was like parked in front of your house and like throwing garbage out the window and like being fucking wild, then I could understand that. But also, it's not cheap to park on this street. Unless you see a lot of parking tickets stacking up, you can assume I have a permit to be here. Yeah, there's just a lot of like the logical process clearly wasn't.
0: Yeah, just happening. Uh, the, I don't know. For me, the arrogance of saying "Do you need some food or water?" is just so wild. Like, yeah, from you. <laughs> yeah, that's um. why I was like, I don't need
1: <laughs> your food or water.
0: Yeah, like what in that moment made you feel like? that was necessary there's a 70 dollar bottle
1: of single malt scotch in here
0: oh like, my god come on. i don't know it's just really hard to comprehend do you think like i said before that there was clearly like a panicked switch in what yeah. he was trying to say he, yeah. he he'd done a really fucking stupid arrogant thing knocking on the van thinking he was all that yeah. and then seeing you and been like oh shit yeah
1: <laughs> i can't wait i cannot wait for the next few years of my life <laughs> oh my god Huh. Why? I love revenge. <laughs> I told
0: you, he's a project.
1: Yeah, revenge project. And we always talk about projects, thinking long term, five to ten years into the future.
0: <laughs> I'll come back and measure the impact of that in like five years. This yeah. <laughs> revenge project help you <laughs> with your racism? Yeah. Shall <laughs> <laughs> we now? I'm trying to
1: help him. I'm trying to educate this poor dumb white boy. Mm. That's it. Behavior change. Yeah. This is the sharp end of behavior change. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story of how I was the um, the victim of unwanted humanitarian <laughs> intervention. Yeah, unwanted with a capital U. So I want to talk about needs assessments.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> how, how do this- we
1: really know what people need?
0: Okay, so <laughs> wait, is this segue because of the water, the feed and water? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How did he know what you needed? Exactly.
1: He was offering me food and water. That's not what I needed. He was disturbing me, coming into my space, being disruptive and not the fun disruptive. Yeah. Assuming what I needed. And ultimately that ended up being like a massive source of offense. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All of it You should have been like Look If you're going to be like this I need a McDonald's (laughs) I need a (laughs) Bottle of (laughs) rosé I
1: need a lot of things That you can't give
0: me Yeah (laughs) that's it What
1: I need is an assistant (laughs) I need somebody to sort out My January taxes This is what I need (laughs) Do you know somebody Who can do Multi-country taxes That's what I need
0: yeah, he would have been like, well, OK. But OK, so how do we know what people need?
1: So in our space, we typically just bumble around like this fucking dumb white boy, guessing, making assumptions. Banging on people's houses. Banging on people's houses, <laughs> making these like racialized assumptions. But how do we really know what people need? What should we be doing? Over to you.
0: Oh, whoa. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the typical fashion is to do a needs assessment or even a rapid needs assessment. These things are getting more rapid by the day. Go in and interview the people that you want to help and ask them what it is they need. (laughs) Now, I think there's a couple of issues here in that often people assume what people need is what we know food water shelter what else water and sanitation hygiene things there's a spectrum of things that organizations tend to assume that you need and so when we even go in and we ask people what do you need it tends to be against a spectrum of things if someone was like yeah i need psychosocial support i feel like we do a terrible job of categorizing and instantly assuming what people need right because we're asking people what they need based on a funding pot that we've probably got already that's based on a program or a project that we've already designed designed, (laughs) which says that our aim is um, for people to have more water than they had before therefore i need to know your water needs i don't care if that's maybe fifth on your need list i don't care if that's not your priority I've now got this funding that says that I'm going to give you water and therefore that's it right and so there's there's already a chain of things and assumptions behind even before we we go and we ask people what it is they need that's hugely problematic
1: where does a like nexus approaches fit mm. into this because it feels like that's the big sexy thing that everybody's like obsessed with now mostly because everybody's asking us to do projects on nexus thinking about where that fits is a kind of like integrated programming something that's more human centered that's more responsive and needs based. Like, where does that kind of fit into the universe of understanding what it is that people need
0: yeah good question so Thank um for before... <laughs> it's funny isn't it that people always say good question can we talk about that in an episode by the way because i feel like it's just like it's an affirmative response to to then go into my answer right yeah and i appreciate that i'm sorry for saying it because i know other people say it to me and and in interviews quite frequently yeah. good question you know and it's well, what, what do i do with that it's the thing of like actually yeah like, well,
1: why wouldn't I ask a good question? Mm. If you don't say yeah, good question sure. after everything
0: that I say, do you think that's a bad question? Sorry, go ahead. I almost think it's habitual as well, because yeah. it's almost like, well, you said this. What do you say? Like, what's the first thing you say? Say that word again The starts with an H. Habitual. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to my uh, weird words list. Yeah, it sounded a bit weird when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting the
1: emphasis in a weird place.
0: <laughs> uh nexus approaches the nexus approaches uh, maybe just a reminder for our listeners are where we bring together different kinds of projects and programs so um humanitarian which might be shorter term if there's a crisis or um there is a um yeah hunger crisis for example or disaster um, and then development which is perhaps more road traditionally more like building roads and buildings and livelihoods and then the third part is peace and peace is generally associated with addressing um conflict building resilient preparing people to support themselves if there's conflict looking at um that things loud yeah sorry i'm getting distracted by that yeah <laughs> it's a helicopter um so yeah dealing with uh, peace and conflict so generally these things have always been separate but there has been a move to bring all these things together and really respond to what people need regardless of these past divisions
1: the idea being that I don't really give a shit who's coming if it's a humanitarian organization development organization or a peace building organization I could be in the midst of a humanitarian crisis and still want an education for my kids yeah. and education is has traditionally been put into the development camp
0: yeah 100% so, so nexus approaches and nexus needs assessments I think are done in the form of like joint assessment see or they're starting to be done in the form of joint assessments it does remind me of and these do exist multi-sector assessments so even before the nexus approach um, especially in the humanitarian area of work there would be assessments that look at food security livelihood water and sanitation health hygiene all together and that would be done by a group of organizations that were in a particular cluster so the humanitarian sector tends to be divided into different clusters health cluster is- why do you look so excited talking about clusters you fucking weirdo I <laughs> no. health cluster, food security your justice. eyes are so bright <laughs> what's wrong with you I don't know um, health cluster food security cluster and there will be a group of organizations that that have that kind of mandate around health that work together and they tend to do a joint assessment together so it's not like organizations haven't done joint assessments or needs assessments before I think it's just perhaps bridging some of those divides that are there in terms of if your mandate is just health you work together or if it's health and food security how do you bridge the gap into other areas of work that are not in your mandate you might be an organization that only has generally funding and expertise and resources is in health and if you ask some people what they need and they say we need health but also we need shelter and you don't have that expertise then what do you do and I think Nexus programming is trying to, to bridge that gap through partnerships and through the ability to look at who else can work with you to build that capacity or or build that knowledge to deliver what's needed. And a lot of that is about more coordination because generally in an area or community, there will be other organisations that are able to deliver what's needed. And so it's just about greater coordination, largely. I do know some organisations that go for like whole area approaches. So they look at the whole community, what's needed and then try to work with others to deliver it. It's happening, but I mean,
1: I think it speaks to the fact that we're just really fucking terrible at coordination. It's again kind of going back to that scarcity mindset piece. And we think that we need to be leaders in whatever thing it is, and we're just driving that thing. We're not really great at creating almost like webs of work that hold people in the totality of their experiences, and they're like, People are in fucking protracted crises. Like, generation after generation sometimes are stuck in the same conflict and we're we're not really great at figuring out what that's going to look like and planning for that future Mm. even the idea of like a multi-sector needs assessment is still a relatively ambiguous thing is kind of surprising where that nexus programming people are describing nexus programming as this new sexy thing it's been around for a really long time it's just a different we're just calling it a different thing and there's like a newfound interest in it because we're like oh shit we've just been doing stuff like wild yeah for long enough let's try another thing that we're gonna kind of half acidly do until another sexy thing comes around
0: my view yeah totally
1: but I think that it's a really good even if it's this new sexy thing I don't really care but the idea is like if we're looking at people's needs more holistically then like this is what I do this is what you get <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, right. But there, there's also like a question that's missing here before you even do a needs assessment. And, and it's, am I the right people or person or organisation to give you what you need? You know, there's no self-reflection. Well, there could be, I just don't know it. There's no self-reflection point that I know of where you say, okay, you need this, but, but am I the right people or organisation to do it? Or is someone else able to do that better than me? Therefore, we're going to step aside or therefore we're going to pool our money to the people that can deliver it best. But that is a huge change for the sector because that money that you might be giving away is the one that keeps your staff in the roles that. Are yeah. there right yeah. so by saying actually we're not the best people to do this for you they are you're stepping away from some money which is a big big well i don't know there's a, a big hard lesson
1: and i think it requires a lot of humility right like mm. to recognize where you are and what, what your positioning is like in in this experience with this stupid white boy if it was heston blumenthal for example who said would you like some food or water i would say <laughs> Yes, please. Because it would <laughs> be amazing. Coming to the, the <laughs> <laughs> Because it would be amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want Weedabix and tap water from like this bro <laughs> oh my like, god yeah, you should have said yes just to see what it was <laughs> I should have been like yes can we go into your house <laughs> yeah Fucker. the assumption that we are the only ones who can deliver and not knowing when we should step back but whose fault is that is it the donor's fault because they're the ones I'm not this white boy doesn't have a donor come on <laughs> this donor's his mom <laughs> <laughs> like in terms of organizations feeling they must be the one I alone consult this problem let me be the sector leader in this thing right Mm. like that's what everybody's talking about like we want to create compelling arguments to show why we are the leaders of this thing fine get it i completely understand why you want to position yourself like that what's stopping them from saying i'm not the i'm not i cannot be a leader but i can be a supporter i can be a follower what's the thing that's getting in the way of that gosh besides money
0: well yeah money and i mean i suppose it's like you also have built up Partners and relationships, and you have staff around the world. I imagine that there is also like a if we don't get money and we don't, we can't support our staff, not just the people in headquarters, but the people that are in our organization around the world. So I think that's partly it, but also pride, ego, white supremacy.
1: We, uh, we, we're editing an episode where uh, we talk a lot about white supremacy so it's on the mind
0: <laughs> it's top of mind you know as a, as a humanitarian you are skilled in something that you feel that you can deliver and you want to do good and you're doing it in that moment which is your white saviour syndrome kicking in you're almost compelled to go if you're driven by that part of your ego and let's say that you're a doctor in msf yeah or doctors without borders in some ways you're compelled maybe you have a very useful set of skills and actually being a doctor in kiva is very necessary Mm. so uh, there's that pull too I
1: have a feeling that humanitarians are just, like, liberal do-gooders with adventure-seeking streaks. Definitely. Like, you would do, if you weren't you, you'd be, like, one of those people who jumps out of airplanes and, like, does wild stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I think that... What would your thing be? Would you be a wing walker? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'd probably, like, swim with sharks or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ugh did you see in the news the orcas are killing the sharks i told you that yeah you told me that's really horrendous that's scary i it's quite hard to imagine that because of like how much people have told me about orcas and killer whales
1: but also how like chonky they are yeah (laughs) i mean are they fast are
0: they like speedy
1: no they don't need to be fast or speedy because they work together together so Mm -hmm. you can be as chonky as you like as a as an orca Mm. doesn't matter if you've got great white sharks and stuff
0: actually scary I just can't imagine I mean it, you, you, the name Killer Whale it just says everything but yeah. <laughs> I just haven't really thought about it <laughs> what do you mean they're killing people <laughs> they're nice <laughs> not a free willy <laughs> yeah anyway what would we say? I don't know. <laughs> you great to free willing. <laughs> Some weird segues in today's episode. Yeah,
1: that's what happens when we yeah. record it seven PM. <laughs>
0: um but yes, humanitarians I think generally are like these adventure thrill seekers and and you're right, that the humanitarian ego or like the, the rush of going to a crisis or a conflict zone is very much akin to a rush of parishing out of a plane or it gets addictive and you It's very hard to get off that train. Your eyes are dilated. (laughs) (laughs) Your original question was like, why can't people let go and just support others? Yeah. Why can't you get out of the way? I don't know. This is probably one of the biggest questions on our episode. The thrill of the chase. Yeah. Why can't organisations get out the way? What do you think? Nice
1: try. I was asking you first.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think there's,
1: I think it's self-preservation on an organizational level. And organizations are people and collections of people and ideas and mission. And like, if you feel that you're the only one who can, we are all egomaniacs in this space, right? Like, We all think, even on this podcast, speaking for myself, generally, I think I'm right 99% of the time. Yeah, you do. No fucking Eh? clue.
0: It's
1: like I'll concur. (laughs) Rude. No clue why people don't listen. (laughs) By people I mean. (laughs) And so I think like we think that we're the ones who can solve stuff. And we've got the strong enough mission. We believe we've got this conviction. There's a great podcast called Sounds like a Cult. Sounds like a cult. Sounds like a cult. And we're going to, but we're also going to talk a little bit about all the culty behaviors. But this thing of like, we're the ones, we are the sacred children of the sun Mm -hmm. who can like do this thing. Yeah. And so I think there's a bit of ego that's there and I think there probably needs to be right like that we think we can solve these massive fucking endemic social problems like we have to have a little bit of ego to think we can do that yeah. Um, and think we can influence these things that are built on history like people who are trying to address fucking racism like that's built off fucking 500 years of shit like there's ego attached to the idea that you can make a dent in that and it's admirable and I think it's great so I think there's a there's a probably a bit of that I do think it's just a self-preservation piece mm. if we're not front and like the sexiest ones doing the sexiest things then where are we nobody wants to be second best yeah true i don't
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true and i think in a place where donor funding humanitarian funding is diminishing then yeah sometimes it's competition right
1: but how do you make the thing that's best because like best is a relative piece right yeah how do you make what's best how collaborative you are yeah. how big your network is like there was a time when the department for international development which is the uk's funding arm when it existed before it got folded into what is now the foreign commonwealth and development office there was a time when they really prioritized a public private partnership so the consortium that i led was us with diffid with a massive private sector partner and that was a way to kind of be working together in a network and they were really supporting Things like that. I think that what we should be doing is that donors should stop funding organizations in isolation and stop funding this kind of we're gonna fund a big organization who then expands their footprint via partners in country, but rather funding coalitions and consortia as a way of maybe rewarding that kind of behavior
0: As the dutch government does that a few years ago they decided to only fund through consortia and you had to have a organization from the global south or at least two or three in that consortium and i think some of them were leading some so they they stipulated the placement and roles of organizations in some of that funding
1: is were they funding it in like that nexus thinking because that's kind of what I mean. Lots of donors will fund consortia, but it'll usually be like along the same kind of thread of things. Yes. But if donors started funding like Nexus consortia. Yeah. That'd be quite cool.
0: That would be cool. They must be doing that.
1: I can't be, I can't be the only one coming up with ideas here.
0: No, I, I'm just <laughs> trying to think.
1: Because <laughs> you've interviewed some big donors who aren't really thinking in that way. And like a couple that are inching closer to, towards
0: that. Well, we've worked on projects that are there, that have humanitarian development peace components across the consortia. The EU's Nexus program, pilot program, that's the only one we've worked on, yeah. Okay. So I worked on a project for Oxfam Novib that was funded by the Dutch government. And it was... Why do you have such a hard-on for the Dutch government? In the co- in conflict <laughs> and fragility. In conflict and fragility. But the goal of that was to build a worldwide influencing network. So kind of what you're saying in terms of building civil society organisations to create a network that was able to claim their rights and so forth and as a way of shooting out anybody else or any international organisations. It was complicated though and one of the things I found was it was incredibly fragmented. <laughs> so, you know, the problem and the risk of Nexus programming is you go too far and you fragment yourself and you go to a level of breadth rather than depth. And a lot of organisations have contracted to work in a smaller set of countries and they used to for that very reason. So in my mind what it should be is Nexus programming, but in a community or state within a country rather
1: than bigger than that
0: but yeah
1: you don't want to spread your whole cruxes around too far
0: my what <laughs> so I suppose the other part of this is like talked about the needs assessments and stuff, but ultimately what we want is it to be the other way around where I don't know, civil society organisations or rights holders say what they need and then it goes through maybe international organisations, maybe not, or civil society networks in a region and then the donor says okay or whatever funder says okay we will fund that. Right. So, so it's h- how do you flip that the other way? Yeah,
1: we've talked before about putting the rights holders at the top and them driving the direction. So in my scenario, I would have like written a sign on the van that said here's what I need.
0: (laughs) Please leave outside. (laughs) I would like
1: a chicken liver pate with some sourdough bread. (laughs) And a large
0: glass of (laughs) rosé. I love it.
1: (laughs) Right. Okay. I mean, we're going to do a bigger episode on like needs assessments and how that works and another episode on Nexus and what the Nexus is, mostly because we're doing a lot of projects on Nexus stuff. And I think it's probably helpful for people to...
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Organizations are creating their own individual frameworks
1: Hmm. <laughs> easy, easy. We haven't signed that contract
0: yet. <laughs> okay, you might want to edit just that. Wait, now. Just wait, just wait. <laughs> By the
1: time this airs, we'll have signed it. Hey. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this episode chatting about, <laughs>
0: <laughs> talking nice. about needs
1: assessments as a way to talk about my. I love it. Uh, my Such challenges. good segue in this
0: episode. <laughs>
1: we've made we've made more tenuous links before
0: that's true (laughs) see the below deck leadership episode (laughs) for more tenuous links
1: right get ready stay tuned follow us on instagram jrny podcast because i'm definitely going to document my journey to torment
0: oh my god that is such a great episode journey to torment (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> right i'm tia i'm lauren
1: and this has been the journey to transformation
0: bye bye thank you for listening to this week's episode of journey to transformation
1: leave us a five-star rating and a written review wherever you're listening to this podcast
0: journey to transformation is written and edited by us tia rogers and lauren Burroughs. our music comes from Praz Canal.